Today we are in week three of a series we've titled, I Wish I Would've. I Wish I Would've. Jackie Robinson was the first black person to play Major League Baseball. He broke baseball's color barrier and he faced jeering crowds yelling and screaming at him in every stadium. While playing one day in his home stadium in Brooklyn, New York, he committed an error. And the fans began to ridicule him, and, and he stood on second base, humiliated as the fans were, were just jeering at him and screaming at him. And then shortstop Pee Wee Reese came over and stood next to him. He put his arm around Jackie Robinson and faced the crowd. The fans grew quiet. Robinson later said that arm around his shoulder saved his career. It's powerful to think that this act of brotherhood saved the career of the legendary baseball player, Jackie Robinson. And I'm sure that Pee Wee Reese had no idea that a simple hug, a simple show of I'm here with you, my brother, would have that big of an impact on Jackie Robinson. Church, can I tell you, there's something powerful that happens inside of all of us when we know people are with us. I'm here with you. I think about one of my dark moments in life about a decade ago. I was depressed. I was in despair. I was going through a difficult season life and church and just leadership and I was sitting in a coffee shop with one of my friends, ready to give up, ready to quit. And my friend looked at me as tears were coming down my eyes, tears out of my eyes. He began to cry as well as tears came down his face. And he said, Herbert, you're under spiritual attack. He said, don't you quit. Don't you give up. God's hand is on you. You're going to make it through this. And I'm telling you, my friend speaking those words of life over me was game changing. It helped me to take steps forward to break out of depression and to break out of despair and to, and to realize there's still hope. God is not done with me. Can I tell you, every single one of us needs a Pee Wee Reese. Every one of us needs a mic in our life that on down days they can speak over us, say, I'm here with you. I'm here with you, and today I want to teach you from a portion of Scripture that talks about two heroes in the Bible, Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were thrown into prison because they were preaching about Jesus. And I want to pick up this story in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, when they're thrown into the prison. I encourage you to read the entire chapter of Acts 16 this week. But it says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Paul and Silas were praying and praising God at midnight. They're in the prison singing, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. They're, they're in chains singing, break every chain, break every chain. 
And in the midst of praising God, their prison chains fell off and the prison doors flew open. They were free men. But the most powerful part of this story to me is not only did their chains fall off, but the other prisoners' chains fell off of them as well. Their praise didn't just set them free. Their praise set the other prisoners free. Church, can I tell you, there is power in your praise. Your worship is a weapon. You got to praise God everywhere you go. Praise God at church. Praise God in the car. Praise God at work. Praise God at home. Your praise can set your child free. Your praise at home can set yourself free. Your praise can set your spouse free. There's power in your praise. This was a great day for everyone in that prison except for one man. Oftentimes when preachers preach this portion of scripture, we focus on Paul and Silas. But I want to take a different angle and perspective today. And I want to focus in on the jailer. It was a great day for everybody except for the jailer who was in charge of the prisoners. Their freedom was horrible news for him. Listen to this next verse, Acts 16, verse 27. It says the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. He thought the prisoners had escaped. The prisoners were free and the jailer knew he was going to be in big trouble. He knew that the government was going to think that he released all of these prisoners out of their prison cell, out of their chains, and he would lose his job or even worse, he might lose his life. As I was studying and uh, it's interesting that some theologians say the ruler uh, just it, 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 back in those days, the rule for jailers in that day was to suffer the same punishment that escaped prisoners would receive. Theologians say that it was an unwritten custom for a jailer that had prisoners escape to take their life to save themselves from embarrassment and torture. What I want us to understand for that jailer, it was a bad day. And I want all of us to understand at every single location that bad days are a part of life. They're just a part of life. Everybody else in that prison was free and having a great day, but there was this jailer who was having a very bad day. Church, have you ever been there before when people all around you are having a great day and you're having your worst day ever? Everybody else is giving all this good news and talking about all the good things happening in, in, in their life and all you got is bad news. Everybody else is talking about all their blessings and you're experiencing pain and heartache. You fasted for 21 days, got up early in the morning, prayed, nothing changed, things got worse. And that joker at work, you know they didn't fast. They've been eating steak and dessert. Joker don't even know how to pray. And they keep talking about all the good things happening in their life. And you're wondering, well, what's wrong with my life? Why are things so bad? Understand the truth of the matter is we all have bad days. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or non-Christian. It doesn't matter how much you come to church, how much you pray, how much you fast, how much you read the Bible. It doesn't even matter if you're the pastor of the church. All have bad days. 
I think about in December, I had some bad days. It was a, it was a challenging season for me. My dad died and I preached his funeral. I was sick for three weeks and it's unlike me, I just, I just couldn't get my energy back. And I, I went to the gym a couple of times. I just, I couldn't even work out. I didn't work out for almost three weeks and I was in an emotional funk. I wasn't in a good headspace. It's a bad day. It was a, it's a bad season. Everyone has bad days and bad seasons, but it's how you handle them that matters most. Church, understand this. Don't harm yourself on bad days. Acts chapter 16, verse 28, the next verse. But Paul shouted to the jailer, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Don't harm yourself. Paul yelled to the jailer who grabbed his sword about to take his life. And he says, don't harm yourself. Don't kill yourself. On bad days, the percentages majorly increase that someone will do something to harm themselves. On bad days, church, you'll be tempted to make a permanent decision due to a temporary situation or feeling. And today, your pastor is your apostle Paul. And I want to say to somebody having a bad day, don't harm yourself. Don't harm you. You're just having a bad day. It's just a bad season. Don't harm yourself as you go through 2023. You're going to have some bad days. You might have a bad season, but don't harm yourself. Don't make a permanent decision over temporary situation or feeling. Don't harm yourself. Don't make a stupid decision. Don't, don't turn to the drugs. Don't, don't start drinking again. Don't go have the affair. Don't abandon your family on bad days. Don't drop out of college. Don't start sleeping around. Don't cheat on the business deal. Don't start taking the pills. Listen, on bad days, don't start binge eating. Don't start looking at porn. Don't run away from home, student. Don't start charging up your credit cards on bad days. Don't go back to your old friendships and your old lifestyle. Listen, on bad days, don't stop attending church. Don't stop reading your Bible. Bible and pray on bad days. Don't do something stupid. Church, don't take your own life. Don't commit suicide. Tiffany and I were in New York City in December. We were celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. We went inside of a coffee shop and ordered coffee and sat down at a table waiting for our coffee to be made and we grabbed our phones and started looking on our phones and I jumped on Instagram and towards the very top of my feed, a pastor was giving his condolences to a family because a man, a famous dancer on television and on social media named Stephen Twitch Boss took his life. He committed suicide. He was married, three children. His career was booming. And I wish someone could have said to him, no matter what you're facing, no matter the mistakes you've made, don't make a permanent decision due to a temporary situation or feeling. And I say to my church family, don't harm yourself. 
It's a season. It's a, it's, it's a bad day. Don't harm your family. Don't harm your future on bad days. If, and if there's someone at one of our campuses today, you're in a bad season. You're having some bad days and you're thinking about taking your own life. You're thinking about committing suicide. I'm here to tell you, listen, your life is worth living. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. And listen to me today, if you're thinking about harming yourself and taking your life, let me help you today. There's the National Suicide Prevention Number, hotline number. I want you to call or text it. It's 988-988. Just like in case of an emergency, you dial 911. It's 988. There's help and there's hope. Don't you take your life. Don't harm yourself on bad days. We all have bad days. And don't make a permanent decision due to a temporary situation or feeling. On bad days, on bad days, on bad days, the third point, I want you to know this. We are all here. We are all here. Notice back in Acts chapter 16, verse 28, Paul shouted to this jailer, don't harm yourself. We are all here. We are all here. He didn't say don't harm yourself. You have a good job. He didn't say don't harm yourself. You're about to buy a new home this year. He didn't say don't harm yourself. You're about to get out of debt. He didn't say don't harm yourself. Your health and yet that doctor's report is about to turn around. No, no, no. He said don't harm yourself. We are all here. Paul said me and the prisoners have not left you. We are all here. And this story is such a great picture of what God's plan is for his church. No matter what people are facing in life, the, the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to rise up and say, don't you harm yourself. We are all here. God is here for you. The church is here for you. We are here for you. I'm talking to somebody going through a bad day, going through a bad season. We are all here. We're here for you. We want to help you. Come on. I need some audience participation in every single location. Help your pastor out. We are all here for you. We're here for you. We're here for you. Come on, just look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor right in the eyes and just say, we're here for you. Come on, tell him we're here for you. Now, now look at your second choice that you left out. And just look at them and say, I'm here for you. Go ahead and say, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here for you. Yeah, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. We are all here. We are here for you during bad times. With the church, we're here for you during bad times. Paul and Silas were there for this jailer on what had to be one of his worst moments in life. He was emotionally distraught. He was got his sword and was about to take his own life. But things changed because Paul and Silas, they were there for him in his time of need. And as a church, we are here for you. Somebody hear your pastor today. We're here for you during bad times. We're here for you during difficult times. We're here for you during lonely times and, and painful times and heartbreaking times and grieving times. That's why scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse 5, talking about the church, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn 
God has called us as the church of Jesus Christ to mourn with those who mourn, to be there for people on their worst day. Listen, we all need people who are full of the love of God. I don't care who you are. I don't care how strong you are. We need people who love God that will be there with us to cry with us, to grieve with us, to listen to us, to comfort us, to walk with us during a difficult season. We need each other. The church. I think about in December. I think about my difficult season. I think about November and October as my dad was, was dying of stage four cancer, and I think about my small group. I think about the text and the calls. A couple times I called and I needed encouragement. I was frustrated, I was angry, and they were there for me. I think about one Sunday in November after I preached, one of my small group members said, hey, I'm gonna take you to Ada, see your dad, We'll wrap up some business with him. And I got out of church. We weren't fasting then, so we went to Jack in the Box, somebody. Hey, hey. And my small group member drove me to see my dad. And what it did to my heart to know somebody, we're here for you, encourage you. Because even pastors have bad days. Even pastors need somebody to cry with them and to walk with them and to support them and to be with them. We all need people who will mourn with us, will walk with us. That's why scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 26, it says if one part suffers about the body of Christ, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are, the, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And we're called by God to suffer with one another. We're each a part of the body of Christ and we've got to do our part to be there for one another. That's why we have small groups at People's Church so we can be there for one another. And church, please hear my heart. You and I, in our busy schedules, we have to take time to build relationships with one another if we're going to really be there for each other. That's what the early church did. It's so easy to overlook, but the early church was able to meet each other's needs because they built relationships with one another. They, 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 they were together. Needs are met out of relationship. Notice this in Acts chapter 2, verse 44. It says all the believers were together come on every location would you just shout the word together yeah. maybe online just a few of you write the word together together all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need how many of you know that's a revival right there when people are selling their property and their houses and giving it to the church to say help everybody who's in need help people how many know that's a move of god right there because you're not about to sell yours now that's a move of God. Verse 46 says, every day they continue to meet, notice that word, together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate, notice this, to 
together with glad and sincere hearts. They were able to meet each other's needs because they had a relationship with one another. They were in each other's homes. They were friends. They knew each other. And for us to be the church God has called us to be, we can't just come to Sunday services. You can't care for others and others can't care for you if you only come to church on Sundays. And Sunday services are important, but so are small groups. You need to have some friendships in our church. You don't need to be friends with everybody, but you need to be friends with somebody. You need somebody's in your life. Individually, we are a drop of water, but together we are an ocean. We are better together. We're stronger together. We're more powerful together. We can meet each other's needs when we are together. Together. We're here for each other during bad times and, and we're here for you during good times. Paul and Silas was there for this jailer when things went from bad to good. Notice this in Acts 16 verse 34 back in this story. It says the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. The jailer was filled with joy because Paul and Silas had led him to faith in Christ. And Paul and Silas were there with him to rejoice with him, to celebrate with him about his conversion, about his salvation experience. Listen, church, I just love the church of Jesus Christ. Because we're here for each other, not just during bad times, but we're here for each other during good times. We're here to celebrate with one another. That's why scripture says, Romans 12, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. But then it goes on to say, if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. All of us need people in our lives who love Jesus that will celebrate and rejoice over our victories, that will celebrate and praise God with us over our successes. We need that. We need people who will celebrate with us when we get engaged or get married. You need people who will rejoice with you when you have a child or a grandchild. You need people that will shout with you when you get that promotion at work. You need people that will celebrate with you when you buy that new home. You need somebody, student, that will give you a fist bump and a praise God when you make that A in that difficult class. You need somebody that will thank God with you and throw their hands up and say, praise God. When God answers that prayer, you've been praying for years listen you have plenty of haters you need some celebrators that's what the church is here for to celebrate with you come on wave your hand if you're past if you got a few haters in your life come on just yeah you got a few haters yeah got a few haters you need some celebrators you need some people who will rejoice with you who will praise God with you that's the church that's what small groups is all about we are here for you to experience community. We're here for you during bad times. We are here for you during good times. We are here for you to experience community. Notice this back in the story, Acts 16, verse 34. We're looking at the jailer's perspective. It said the jailer brought them into his house. Think about this, bringing these criminals. That's how we view it, into this house. And set a meal before them. But I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. 
You need community. We need one another. We're the church of Jesus Christ. We, we, we are the church. This is the church at its best. Paul and Silas went to the jailer's home. I love they met. He, they, they met his family. They ate together. Had some chitlins and pig feet and black eyed peas. Pinto beans with some ham hock. Mm. They, they built community with one another. And, and we all need some Christians. We all need some Christ followers who know about our life, who know our family, who know our spouse, who know our kids. We all need some Christ followers to enjoy life with, to eat with, to shop with, to golf with, to fish with, to drink coffee with, to laugh with, to go people watch and laugh. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Watch people. We need each other, church. We are here for you. Not isolation, but participation. We need small groups. We need each other. We are here for your faith to grow. We are here for your faith to grow. Notice this back in the story, Acts 16, verse 32. It says, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds then immediately he and all his household were baptized. After the jailer and his house gave their life to the Lord Jesus, Paul and Silas helped them to take their next step and they got water baptized. They, they grew spiritually. You see, a big next step after you give your life to Jesus Christ is to be water baptized. We're going to do that on February the 19th. Some of, some of you today need to take that next step. We want to celebrate with you. We're here for you. We want to rejoice with you as you go public for the Lord Jesus Christ and all of the services and all of the campuses. We're going to water baptize people. We're going to put you underneath that water that shows that your sins have been forgiven. We're going to bring you out of that water that shows that you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. It's a day to celebrate. It's going to be a day to rejoice. Get signed up to be water baptized out in the lobby or you can text right now PC baptism. PC baptism to 94000. Paul and Silas said, "We are here for you." We're here for you during bad times. We're here for you during good times. We're we're here for you to build community. We're here for you for your faith to grow. Church, our faith grows best together. We live in such an isolated world in such a self-centered and disconnected world. We try to avoid people, come to church and rush in and rush out and hope nobody talks to me. But I want you to know that your faith doesn't grow best in isolation. It grows best in participation, in community, by being together with other believers. You can't be a growing New Testament Christian all by yourself. It's not possible to be a growing New Testament Christian all by yourself. Listen to what the New Testament says about how we need one another. That's how spiritual growth happens best. We need one another. 
John 13 verse 34 love one another Romans 10 12 be devoted to one another Romans 12 16 live in harmony with one another Romans 14 19 build up one another Romans 15 5 be like-minded towards one another Romans 15 7 accept one another Romans 15 14 admonish one another Romans 16 16 greet one another first Corinthians chapter 12 25 care for one another Galatians 5 13 serve one another Galatians 6 2 bear one another's burdens Ephesians 4 verse 2 forgive one another Ephesians 4 32 forgive one another Colossians 3 13 forgive one another Colossians 3 13 be patient with one another Ephesians 4 32 be kind and compassionate toward one another Ephesians 5 21 submit to one another first Peter 5 5 submit to one another Philippians 2 4 look to the interest of one another Colossians 3 verse 13 bear with one another Colossians 3 16 teach one another first Corinthians first Thessalonians 4 18 cover one another first Thessalonians 5 11 encourage one another Hebrews 3 13 exhort one another Hebrews 10 24 stir up one another towards love and good works first Peter 4 9 show hospitality to one another first Peter 4 10 serve one another first Peter 5 5 be humble towards one another James 5 16 pray for one another James 5 16 confess your faults to one another John 5 12 love one another Romans 12 10 love one another John 5 15 12 love one another John 15 17 love one another first Thessalonians 4 9 and 10 love one another first Peter 1 22 love one another first Peter 4 8 keep loving one another first John 3 23 love one another first John 3 23 love one another first John 4 7 love one another first John 4 11 and 12 love one another second John 1 5 love one another we can't do this by ourselves we need each other we're all here we're all here. We're here for you. The Bible is very clear. We need one another. Our faith grows best together. We can be there for one another when we're together. Church family, I'm asking many of you today, would you bring people together by leading a small group? And I know it sounds intimidating, you're thinking, I don't have no Bible degree. I'm not a theologian. You don't have to be. You don't have, all you have to do is have given your life to Jesus Christ, love God, and take whatever hobby you have. It could be drinking coffee. It could be bicycling. It could be shopping. It could be eating at a restaurant. It can be a men's group, a women's group. It could be basketball. It could be an outreach group. You're going to go out into the community and help the hurting and the lost. It could be a book study. It could be a cooking group. Just take whatever your hobby is and gather some people. We are here for you. We are here for you. We're going to do life together. And just add a spiritual com component to whatever you're doing. If you've got a walking group, say, you know, we're going to pray before we walk. If you've got a basketball group, just, we're going to pray together before we play basketball or or you know what we're just gonna we're gonna spend some time just walking and talking about some thing, the things of God we're we're gonna study the Bible together we're gonna get together men and go go fishing together once a week and but we're gonna have some spiritual conversation build community get to know some people love on some people you need them and they need you and you can take your hobby and turn it into a group invite some people to do it with you oh the difference it'll make you have no idea who's hurting. 
who's lonely, who's isolated, who's broken, who's confused, and they need you. People need what you have. Everybody that the Holy Spirit is speaking to right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some. He's nudging you right now about being a small group leader and gathering some people. Here's what I want you to do if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you immediately after the service, go out into the lobby at your campus, go to Guest Central, and our team is there, and they'll talk to you about the training dates. There's a, a short training to just to come alongside of you, to resource you, to be an effective small group leader. Also, 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 all of our small group leaders, those interested in a small group, being a small group leader, tonight at the Oklahoma City campus, at 6 p.m., we're all coming together. Midwest City, Northwest Oklahoma City, we're coming together here at 6 p.m. for our small group rally to charge you up, to fire you up, to give you vision tonight about leading a small group. I want to invite you to come tonight at 6 p.m. Come hungry. We're going to feed you free. Come on, somebody. Mm, free. We want to feed you and resource you tonight. You can also do this if you're interested in leading a group. You can text right now PC Groups to 94000. And small groups launch next Sunday, February the 5th. And you can start a small group next Sunday or the following weeks after. And the, on the app, February the 1st, all the groups will be there. And God wants to use you. Don't harm yourself. Don't harm yourself. We are here for you. Don't harm yourself. We're here for you. Get connected. Get plugged in. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word right now. Thanks for your presence. Thanks for touching the hearts of people. I thank you right now, God, that you're speaking to people right now that feel inadequate, don't feel qualified, but you're speaking to them about leading a group, about taking whatever they love to do and turning it into a small group and gathering some people to do it with them and to build friendships and relationships. Lord, I pray you would raise up an army of small group leaders because there are so many people in our church, in our community, that need friendship, that need godly friendship. Use us for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. As the eyes are still closed and heads are bowed at every location, I'm talking to some people today that are in a bad season, having some bad days, and you've been making some bad decisions. You've been harming yourself. You're going back to old friends and old lifestyle and old habits because it's been a bad season. It's been, it's been some bad days and, and you've kind of drifted away from God and today you need to rededicate your life back to the Lord. You need to come back home today. It's, it's a bad day. It's a bad season, but it will only get worse if you keep going down the path that you're on. There are others of you today that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You know about religion. You know about church. You know about Jesus. You know about a Bible verse, but you don't know Jesus for yourself. And today is your day to give your life to Jesus, allow him to forgive you of all of your sins, become a child of God, and go to heaven, not hell. Start serving God, not the devil. Live in peace, not in turmoil. Today is your day. If I'm talking to you at every location, you want to give your life to Jesus, or today you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You have been making some bad decisions because of a bad season, and you need to come back home. As I count to three, would you raise your hand high? And I want to lead you in a prayer to say yes to Jesus today. One, two, three. Just lift your hand high and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you so much. Others, see your hand there. Thank you so much. That's it. 
Just keep lifting them. Thank you so much. See your hand there. See your hand. I see your hand there. Come on. Come on, Midwest City. Come on, Northwest. Just lift it high. Come on, Mabel Bassett. Just lift it high online. Just click the raise your hand button. All right, that's me. That's me. That's me. Are there others today? Just lift your hand high. I'm asking every hand that's raised to pray this prayer with me. Confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. And God's going to wash away your sins today. Pray with me now, Heavenly Father. I turn away from my life of sin. And I turn my life to Jesus. I confess Jesus is my Lord and is my Savior. And I will live for Jesus the rest of my life. Thank you for grace and mercy and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.